This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at Broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. 888-332-8036. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Good morning and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I'm John Cardillo standing in for the vacationing Glenn Beck, taking a well-deserved vacation. And you must be wondering, well, who is this John Cardillo guy? Well, real, real, just a quick intro on me so you know who you're going to be listening to for the next three hours and tomorrow morning. I actually got my start in media with Glenn, but I'm not a media guy. I wasn't a radio guy. I wasn't a TV guy. I was a New York City cop, and I started a business that grew. And so I saw the world through two very uh, unique lenses, one through the lens of a street cop in the South Bronx and the NYPD, the other through uh, uh, an executive, a private equity guy that founded a company. I was an entrepreneur, a company that grew rapidly, and we were tracking bad guys in large online communities. And I wound up spending a good part of my life in the legislative arena, testifying to 15, 20 state legislatures uh, of the U.S. Congress, U.S. Senate subcommittees on pedophiles and terror fundraising online and, and all these bad guys and, and interesting topics. And I came away with a very unique skill set that was of interest and value to people like Glenn Beck and the others on air. And they started using me as a, as a, as a guest, as a guy who was coming on as a subject matter expert. And it turned out I really enjoyed it. And it was my calling, and I decided to go on air, give it a shot for myself. I got my start with Glenn about three, three and a half years ago. We were doing political analysis. I loved it, and it just went from there. And luckily, luckily, it turned into a career for me, but, but I owe a lot to Glenn. And, and interestingly, one of the things you'll, you'll learn about me, if you don't already know me, I know many of you know me from Glenn Beck's show, from my radio show. I host a morning show down in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, where I'm based. But uh, many of you know that I was, uh, was an ardent Trump supporter from the beginning, and uh, Glenn obviously was not, and, and he's still very skeptical. But isn't that the great thing about America? Isn't that the great thing about America, that a media giant like Glenn Beck, who can be so anti a candidate, and a guy like me, who can be so pro a candidate, stands in for his show? Because, see, we can be friends and disagree on an issue. And that's one of the things that's very disappointing to me, is that is that I'm watching this whole past year, this, this past campaign season, people who were otherwise very good friends having these falling, fallings out and, and uh, not speaking to each other and, and harassing each other and becoming very vitriolic and angry with one another on Facebook and Twitter over a political candidate. I mean, I've lost friends, colleagues in this industry who are on the never Trump side, and I was pro-Trump. And we don't speak. We, we, we don't. We, we unfollowed each other. We blocked each other over this. And I will say, I was never really the catalyst for that. Maybe it goes back to being a, a street cop in my 20s. I'm pretty thick-skinned. I don't really care who you support. If you're a good American and you live your life well, I don't, I don't care who you support. We can disagree. 
I might think you're misguided on issues, but I'm not going to personally dislike you. And that's why I've always had such respect for Glenn and that he can have a guy like me come in and, and guest host for him, knowing that we differ on this issue, but being you know, the, the, the giant in the industry that he is and, and being the guy that he is want his audience to hear that opposing viewpoint, want to educate his audience, let his audience hear all sides. It's just a shame that more people in media aren't doing the same thing. And I think we should, not just those of us in media, but uh, those of us in general, in general. One of my best friends is a, is, a, is, a, is a hardcore, liberal, Obama-supporting Democrat. The guy's like family to me. I even call him Baby Obama because he's mixed race and graduated Harvard Law School. But our families have done holidays together for the last 30-something years. We don't let politics get in the way of this nonsense, you know, of, of our friendship. We don't let nonsense get in the way of, of friendship. And so it, it really bothers me when people treat their friends poorly. And I had such a great uh, Christmas, and it's been such a great holiday season for me. And Tiffany Gabay is in studio with me. Tiffany had a great Hanukkah. Tiffany got her start on the blaze as well. And uh, say hi, Tiffany. <laughs> Hi, John. Um, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. There's a reason I the reason I wanted you to be here because you really have become one of the one of my go-to experts on Israel. And I had a great Christmas, and you had a great Hanukkah, and we had a great holiday season, and we're gonna have a great New Year. We haven't treated Israel very well. You know, going back to what I was talking about, what friends disagreeing but ultimately backing each other up. It's okay for the United States and Israel to disagree, but but I find what we just did to Israel at the United Nations is reprehensible. We were a very bad friend to Israel, who's our one of our greatest allies in history, but, but more importantly, an irreplaceable strategic partner in what is now the most volatile region in the world. Historically speaking, I would argue that the Middle East in a nuclear age is the most historically volatile region in the world. So explain a little bit. You've been studying this and you've been studying it for me. Explain a little bit, a couple of points, what this resolution was what it means and and things that we can do to mitigate the fallout of this of course well let's make no mistake the under the obama administration the u.s has not been a friend to israel for the past eight years and this was obama's final backstabbing for israel he wanted to basically set a fire ablaze and leave it for president-elect trump to have to deal with when he you know when he takes office Essentially, um, the Security Council Resolution 2334 condemns Israeli settlements in the West Bank and East Jerusalem. It considers them occupied territory, and it talks about the 1967 borders, which we'll get into a little bit later because there are no such thing as 1967 borders. But basically what this resolution does is deem the Western Wall, one of Judaism's most sacred places, occupied Palestinian territory. Let me ask a question about that, because that's really important. There, there have been, since 2008, allegations of, of, a, of a subconscious anti-Semitism that, that permeates the Obama administration. You're one of the most rational people I know. You have family in Israel. You're a Jewish woman. You're, you're a Zionist. You believe in the state of Israel. But you've also been very rational. You've never come on my show. I've watched you do hits on other shows where you've been... So opinion-driven that you let the obvious fall away. Now, now with all that in mind, and, and I mean that. I'm not just playing that up because we're friends and, we, and, and you're a colleague. Do you feel that that, that, that subconscious anti-Semitism has permeated the Obama administration? Because I do. I personally do. I think there's always been this detest of Israel. Maybe it's come through Barack Obama's academic career. I think Samantha Power at the UN has been our worst UN ambassador. She has, has worked against the interests of the United States 
for as many years as she's been there. And John Kerry, to me, is kind of this moronic, do-nothing figurehead caught in between power and Obama, who are ideologically identical. So they needed a secretary of state that wouldn't get in their way. And I think all three of them couldn't care less about the Jewish state and, and truly want to either be loved by the the Middle Eastern Muslim nations or they just they desire to be loved by the globalist community, that European globalist mentality community that they think is cool and invites them to the really ritzy dinner parties. I mean, am I on to something or is this crazy conspiracy Cardillo theory? Definitely not conspiracy theory. In fact, and I think one of the things that people get confused about is when they think about anti-Semitism, they think about it the way the Anti-Defamation League would characterize it. If you see a little green frog meme on Twitter, for example, or someone you know uses the term Jew, you have particularly liberals screaming about anti-Semitism. But people do not realize that being anti-Israel is the new incarnation of anti-Semitism, and that is Barack Obama. Whether it's because he feel sympathetic uh, for the Islamic world and he believes that they are truly colonized and oppressed people and you know he looks at Israel as the little Satan and as as a colonizer and subjugator of the quote indigenous Palestinians which of course that's not true I think that he's definitely motivated by that ideology and of course it's also the cocktail party cred at the end of the day it's fashionable and cool to vilify Israel uh, because there are new exotic people that the left can align itself with and, and act like champions of, and those are Muslims. Right. And here's what gets me, though. When I, it, it's always the people who, who purport to be the most educated, the most cultured, who have this mentality. Because when I go and talk to my friends, the New York City cops, the firefighters, and, and I've become a pretty well-known media guy in the first responder community. I speak to the cops and firefighters and medics and, and military personnel from around the country. And and often I'll, I'll be on I am with those deployed around the world. We're just chatting. They either listen to my show or they follow me on Twitter or they're friends of mine. They get it. They get it. It's common sense. They'll say things to me like, well, isn't Israel like our only friend in that neighborhood? You know, aren't these the guys who are holding down the fort? We share intelligence. I mean, Jordan's been an ally to an extent, but Israel is a go-to solid ally, you know, in, in the vein of the UK. But look, we haven't treated the UK very well. Poland has been another staunch ally. Their special forces, the Grom, Polish special forces, were in into not just the first Gulf War, uh, rather this war, but also the first Gulf War in 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 the first waves, alongside our SEALs and our Delta guys. We've treated Poland like dirt, like dirt. We pulled their missile missile defenses. We pulled money for their defense. It seems like under the Obama administration, the nations who have been there, who have put their people on the front lines to shed blood with ours have been treated the worst, and the people drawing that blood have been treated the best. And it doesn't take a Harvard Law degree to figure that out. Yet those with the Harvard, I'm not condemning everybody who went to Harvard Law, some great people, but those in that cocktail party set, that liberal intelligentsia, it, do, do they not get it, or do they, they just not care? Well, they don't get it, and people make the fatal mistake of thinking that college-educated equals smart. It just means that they are indoctrinated into the same school of thought. Um, you know, and, and with regard to Obama, this has been, you know, his his cause from the beginning when he went on his world apology tour. It was about cutting America's role down to size. It was about distancing uh, ourselves from our allies, Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East, the UK, and befriending these despotic third world regimes, you know, like like yeah. Cuba, for instance, right. because they're going to do so much for us. Yeah. But if you look at Obama's background, he was raised and indoctrinated 
through his mother, through Frank Marshall Davis, through his, you know, right. dreams of his father into this far left wing ideology. So it absolutely makes sense that someone with this worldview would want to align with the, you know, the, the lesser entities and to bring America down to size. You know, and I want to just add something that, that has nothing to do with the Middle East. And I don't know if most Americans know this, but but one of the things I demanded and I wrote the White House, I emailed the White House and I've asked this to Donald Trump's administration as well. I had Katrina Pearson on my show and I demanded of her. Joanne Chesimard, a.k.a. Asada Shakur, who murdered state trooper Werner Forrester back in the 70s. She's number four on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. She lives openly in Cuba. Our intelligent people know exactly, they know her address. She shops at open-air markets. We have photos of her. She lives openly in Cuba, okay? Her name, Asada Shakur, is the name she she uh, assumed when she became a radical. Bill Ayers, Obama's best friend, named his son Zaid, Z-A-Y-D, after Zaid Shakur, her co-conspirator in the murder of, of Trooper Forrester. Obama never demanded her return. Worse, and a lot of people don't know this, Democratic Senator uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, in 1998 while a sitting U.S. congresswoman wrote a letter to Fidel Castro calling this cop killer, this terrorist, a freedom fighter and begging Fidel Castro not to extradite her to the U.S. Now, she was convicted. She broke out of prison, Chesimard. She's not facing trial here. She's going back to jail. This is today's Democratic Party. But even worse, Tiffany, John Kerry is about to draft another resolution that makes things even worse for Israel. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. 888-332-8036.